No, I don't know. Your guess is really as good as mine. I'm trying to figure it out for myself. I'm trying to go back through notes and documents and articles, and, and I'm trying to figure out myself, folks. What was so wrong about that border wall that Donald Trump promised? What was the big issue with the border wall? And by the way, 460 miles of wall on the southern border built by Donald Trump and the Trump administration. Where, please, I mean, honestly, I'm trying my best here. I really, you can hear them. I am trying my best to find out what was so bad about the construction of that border wall that Democrats, uh, Joe, Joe Unity Biden, and his first day in office, oh, all construction of that border wall, it has got to be stopped. Well, remember in the Trump administration, when uh, Charles E. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi came out and said, the president has manufactured a crisis on the southern border. Well, when you have a headline such as this in the Washington Examiner, DHS warns 117,000, 117,000, not just 117 alone, but 117,000 unaccompanied children expected at the border this year. You know what? I would probably call that a crisis and wait until, you know what? I was going to wait a little bit to get into uh, the border news, but you know what? I'm going to hit it right now because I'm honestly so unhappy with Joe Unity Biden. I truly am. Here's the headline in the Washington Examiner, Department of Homeland Security warning Biden of crisis on the southern border. Now, CNN, a few days ago, writing increasing number of unaccompanied children arriving at southern border, setting off alarm bells for feds. But if you listen to the Biden administration, there is no crisis on the southern border. Pelosi and Schumer, a few years ago, manufactured, they were calling it, crisis on the southern border. Wall Street Journal, arrests of unaccompanied immigrant children at uh, southern border. Uh, NPR themselves saying that the, there's thousands moving to Guatemala hoping to reach U.S. Well, so they write, the Washington Examiner this is now, they write the Biden administration reportedly expects an unprecedented surge of unaccompanied migrant children showing up on the southern border in hopes of being admitted into the United States during its first year. Border officials, so these are the people that are down there, that are working on the border, that truly understand what's going on. Not like the way that the mainstream media will want to manipulate you and make you believe that what the Democrats are saying is totally true. These are people that actually work down there, that put their lives on the line every single day to secure our borders and make America at this point in time still a, so a sovereign country. Border officials anticipate 117,000 children will arrive at the U.S.-Mexico border without a parent or guardian in 2021. This is according to a White House Domestic Policy Council document to be shared with President Biden this afternoon. When they say this afternoon, this uh, was yesterday. So Biden, he knows about this now. Oh, and by the way, 
Joe Unity Biden. What did he have to say? I got to get my stuff all in line here. There, here it is right here. So Biden was asked about uh, how yesterday uh, Governor Abbott and Governor Reeves of Texas and Mississippi respectively said they're ending mask mandates. Freedom is back in style in Texas and Mississippi. So Biden was asked about this, and I haven't seen any interviews um, asking Fauci about it yet, but you know Dr. Fear Ouchie will just be, oh, well, they, they, they can't do this, you know, uh, 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 we've come this, we've come such a long way, we can't stop now, right? They, they just continue and continue to move the goalposts, Dr. Fear Ouchie and Biden. And again, listen, they have such an overwhelming, incredible amount of power right now, and the power to go on TV, and I'm sure Fauci's probably on TV right now. Or the oh, and by the way, as we speak right now, um, or it's coming up, the House Democrats are voting on this insane HR1 bill, which uh, we'll get into the specifics of it, and it's probably going to pass. They even want, let's get, get this, they want 16-year-olds to be able to vote. Do you remember what you were doing when you were 16? I remember when I was 16, I was out playing street hockey and uh, soccer and playing sports. I wasn't worried about whether I'm voting in a national election um, or not. Uh, so anyway, that's what the Democrats want uh, to be passed. And like I said, it's probably going to pass. Um, they also, they just voted on another bill, uh, a George Floyd bill, it's called. It should be called defund the police bill. Anyway, we'll get into that Um as the program unfolds. But anyway, so Biden, in response to uh, Texas and Mississippi ending their mask mandates, says, quote, the last thing we did, he's like this, oh, the last, uh, the last thing we need is, uh, is, is, uh, the last thing we need is uh, Neanderthal thinking. Neanderthal thinking, Joe. And then he says, you know, I carry this, this car, oh, um, I carry where this this card around with me. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I must have left it on my desk. <laughs> you ever you ever watch Joe Unity Biden? And when he does, when he actually takes questions from reporters, all I can think is that our allies are watching this and saying, you know what? Why would we ever want to do business with the United States of America if we're going into a war? Do we really trust this guy to be the leader of the pack to have the for the good? Now remember, when we fight wars, we fight for the good of the people. We are the we are still the good guys in the world, despite what the Democrats want you to believe. But we have to fight for the will of not only the American people but all of Western civilization. We lead the way there. We lead the world. In, in, in the most amount of opportunities, having the most amount of freedom, the most amount of liberty, that still is in this country. But the Democrats, if, if they can pass what they want to pass and they keep ramming through this liberal agenda, and uh, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, um, just spoke about this, actually. I want to get uh, some of his comments um, involved here, too. Uh, but he says they're, they're, they're ramming this through because they don't care. They know that they are going to lose the House next year um and god willing hopefully they do but anyway um on top of that with biden saying um that it's quote neanderthal thinking you know to have freedom and liberty again in texas and mississippi he so he's he's uh doing another uh press conference 
and I, I you really can't even call it a press conference. More like you know he just kind of sits there um, and reads the teleprompter. So he says, and and I and you can't, you literally can't make this up. He says, I'm going to take questions now, and he says that you know, that's what I'm going to do. And it you know there's a little bit of quiet just like this, and then the feed cuts off. Literally the White House feed. Right after Biden says, okay, I'm ready for questions now, cuts off totally. <laughs> and I think it's like day 42 or 43 or whatever. We're in the 40s now since Joe Biden has actually held what you can call a press conference. And, polit and political, by the way. I think this article came out on Monday in political. There's a headline about how the White House isn't being as transparent as they should be. Uh, really? You think? And then saying that uh, Donald Trump and the previous administration set the bar so low as far as transparency goes, but this White House is still not doing a good job. Now, you can criticize Donald Trump as much as you want. If you don't agree with his America First policies, be my guest. Go ahead and criticize him. If you can't stand the way that Donald Trump talks and his combative speech that he uses, by all means, Go ahead and criticize him. You don't like the way that he tweeted throughout his presidency um, and the names that he would call people. Be my guest. Go out and criticize him. But you cannot, you absolutely can't criticize him for not being transparent. Donald Trump and the Trump administration were the, was the most transparent administration that we've probably ever had in terms of the White House, in terms of the president. every time It was like every single time before he would go to an event, he would be in front of the news reporters. And remember, he knows that the mainstream media absolutely can't stand him or anything that he stands for. But he would still take questions from them. That's the kind of person Donald Trump is to this day. Whatever's on his mind, you better believe that you're going to hear about it. For Politico to say, oh, this last administration wasn't transparent. This, what this presidency's got to be doing better than that. What an absolute lie and a joke. I mean, imagine if you get your news. All you do is read Politico and they're trying to make an argument like that. You wonder why they're called left-wing Politico. They're not reporting facts to the American people. That's an out-and-out lie but this administration no doubt about it if politicals criticizing them for not being transparent something going on here and joe biden as days go by he just doesn't look with it at all i'm sorry but he really doesn't this guy doesn't have a clue what he's signing he can't defend the policies that he wants to implement he can't defend the decisions that he literally all he does is sign off on i mean you advocate for a 15 dollars minimum wage that the congressional budget office says yeah if you raise the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour you got 1.4 million jobs you can say goodbye to them then joe biden on his first day in office his first day 11,000 jobs gone see you later you're out of a job. No, don't, don't worry about it, though. You're going to get a green new job along with the green new deal that we're going to enact.
Where are those jobs, though? They don't exist. See, this is my problem with the people who are so gung-ho, climate change, climate change, climate change. We only got nine years, oh, what did John Kerry say? Nine years left to address this problem? Okay, listen, I'm, it's, if, if you have an alternative to fossil fuels and gas and oil um, and nuclear, uh, you, know, every, you know, all the fossil fuels that are out there, uh, then, then listen, you know, put it forward, propose it. Does it work? Then, it, okay, let's go ahead with it. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm a denier to say that if you have an alternative uh, energy source that we can utilize there, of course I'm not against that. But listen, I want what's best for the American people. Oil and gas right now, even uh, people kind, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, says that fossil fuels are still the the biggest form of energy that we have in the entire world. And he's one of those people who are gung-ho on climate change. So you can't just fix something that isn't broken without knowing how you're going to fix it. That's why conservatives are so against this effort to push climate change on everyone. Does the climate change? Yeah. That's how the Ice Age came around. But listen, are humans contributing to that in the way that the Democrats want you to believe, that the so-called scientists want you to believe? The answer is no. But they're never going to move on, though. They have to be right. They've been warning for 20 years that if we don't, we don't get rid of fossil fuels, then the, the world as we know it, right, it's going to be just totally gone. Well, they don't have an alternative to it. That and that and by the way, that's the Democrat Party to a T for you. They identify problems, they believe problems in quotes there, that need solving, and then they don't have the answers to it, and they don't want to have the answers to it. They 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 make up problems. You know the whole defund the police and police have become the enemy. Police aren't the enemy. You show me one bad cop. Okay, Derek Chauvin, take him for example. Well, guess what? I can show you a thousand incredible great police officers. And remember, after the election, Democrats were saying, stop saying defund the police. Look at how many seats we lost in the House of Representatives. But yet they're still they're pushing a bill. They just passed this bill. I believe, yeah, they just passed this thing. Saying that uh, George Floyd bill, which we'll get into, saying, yeah, we're going to go ahead. We're still sticking by this. This is the best way to govern, right? To defund the police. Anyway, totally lost um, my train of thought. We got to get back to the southern border. So remember, the number that border officials are anticipating here is 117,000 children will arrive at the U.S. border, the U.S.-Mexico border, without a parent, without a guardian. That's how, by the way, that is an unaccompanied minor. If you hear that um, all throughout the news media, that's literally just as it is, a, a person there, a kid there without a parent. Um, so that, and uh, this is going to be shared with Biden. This was shared yesterday. The number is higher than 68,000 that were taken in during the 2014 surge of solo children and the 80,000 who arrived during the 2019 humanitarian crisis at the border. Victor 
Manjarez Jr., a former senior border uh, patrol agent who teaches about law and human behavior at the University of Texas at El Paso, told the Washington Examiner, you know, actually, that number, yeah, I think that's an undercount. He pointed to the Biden administration's decision to discontinue the 10-month practice of returning all accompanied children to Mexico rather than bringing them into U.S. custody as a leading factor for smugglers, sending 2,000 children over the border each week this month. And you want to tell me there's not a crisis on the southern border, Joe? Really? After taking office in January, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas directed border officials not to send any child south of the border, choosing instead to stick along the lines of a 2007 trafficking law that protected most single children from being deported. So it's just about every single thing that the Trump administration did on the border. And by the way, he's halted border wall construction. My, again, I don't know what the issue with that was at all, but that's up over 460 miles. Biden said, oh, that's done. That's out of here. See you later. None of that anymore. You know, he, he, he sends the Trump administration policies right out the window. But then they, when uh, unaccompanied minors are coming to the border, you can just, come on, you come right in. And I saw a picture. They're even wearing T-shirts that say, Biden, please let us in. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And now, uh, this is all happening, by the way, in the middle of a pandemic. The, le the left loves to use that rhetoric. This is all happening in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, well, hit them back with their own saying. Really, 11,000 jobs gone in the middle of a pandemic? 1.4 million more in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, 117,000 children coming in, unaccompanied children, by the way, coming into our country? You know, we, can, we already have 11 million undocumented aliens here. Again, in the middle of a pandemic? How about what's so wrong, though, with being American? Where do Americans go to get jobs? Now, Fox News reports, 108, get this now, 108 illegal immigrants released by Border Patrol in Texas test positive for COVID. So now, not only do we have unaccompanied minors coming in uh, to our country, but we have illegal aliens coming into our country. We also have a new surge of COVID through these people having COVID coming into our country. More than, and this is Greg Norman and Griff Jenkins in Fox News today, more than 100 illegal immigrants released by the Border Patrol into Texas since late January have tested positive for the coronavirus following their arrival. This is from officials in a city on the U.S.-Mexico border telling Fox News. Felipe Romero, a spokesperson for Brownsville, Brownsville in, in uh, Texas, said Wednesday that 108 positives represent 6.3% of the number of total migrants 
who have been rapid tested at the city's main bus station where they are being released by the border patrol you better catch and release baby it is back in the united states we catch the illegal aliens and say here you go you can go into the u.s and and, uh, and uh, here let me write up let me write your court date for you hey if you could come back here and we're gonna say uh if you're a citizen or not no forget about that why and, and they'd be stupid by the way they would be stupid to come back for their court date they're already here they're good for the next 1418 days where we're at right now in this biden administration it's absolutely chaos it's total madness right now the uh biggest thing you can do wrong in this country is be an american they take care of illegal aliens more than they take care of americans think about that uh felipe romero added that brownsville does not have the authority to prevent those who test positive from traveling elsewhere in the u.s and are advising them to quarantine following the uh cdc guidelines and being socially uh distant migrant families who tested positive and and get this so they come into the country they test positive for covid they even took the time out of their day to talk to news organizations they said they were waiting for buses to maryland and new jersey this one uh 29 year old from honduras who came to the u.s with her three-year-old daughter told a news organization eva or uh, lana said uh on the way we were washing uh we were wearing a mask all the time gel washing our hands she added that she was going to take a bus to north carolina and had already purchased tickets said uh really i don't feel anything miriam Izagure, 35 year old from honduras who also tested positive says right now we were tested for covid and they were sep and they uh separated about eight of us because we were positive she says uh we're we're waiting we're waiting right now she's heading on she's on a going on a bus to go to houston now there's already been deaths as far as this goes the new york post reporting the suv so if you haven't heard about this there was this horrific crash in southern uh california where uh 13 migrants were among more than 40 people who entered the u.s get this illegally again in two suvs through a hole cut in a border fence with mexico so that's what happened well the suv there's the story in and itself where did it come from it came through a hole cut in a border fence so you don't think we need a wall on the southern border think again gregory bovino border patrols el centro sector chief told the ap that surveillance footage taken before the early tuesday wrecked wreck captured a ford uh expedition and chevrolet suburban drive through the breached fence which officials say was 10 feet wide it's believed that those involved were part of a migrant smuggling operation the suburban which killed 19 people caught fire on an interstate shortly after it entered the country all those inside escaped and were taken into custody by border patrol agents who found them hiding in a nearby bush 
Border Patrol said the agents determined they had entered the country illegally through the breach in the border fence. I mean, how about that? Illegal immigration causes death. Illegal immigration, what is a good positive thing about it? Because I would argue to you that really there's nothing that comes uh, good for the American people when it comes to illegal immigration. I mean, geez, it's called illegal for a reason. Now, oh, Republicans are so anti-immigration. No, we're not. We're not at all. In fact, I would argue to you that it makes Republicans and conservatives happy when we see, you know, I saw a video the other day and it was of a, a, a woman who I believe was studying here in the U.S. I don't have the, the entire background on it, but she opens her letter because she legally became a U.S. citizen and she was just so incredibly happy to be an official U.S. citizen. Don't get me wrong. It is the greatest thing in the world to call yourself an American. I get that. This is the best country in the world. It still is, even though it's going to be tough for the next 1,418 days. But please, all we're saying, though, is do it legally. You know, the best people uh, to interview on this topic are people who are actually legal immigrants in this country. They've gone through the process. They've proved that they can live here. They proved that they want to be a citizen. And that they've proved they respect our rule of law. Is that too much to ask for? And honestly, is that too much to ask for? Um, so anyway, so with the House right now. Now here's some news. Uh, this came from the Daily Mail today. House can't... Oh, 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 this, this involved This involves one of the best conspiracies going right now. House cancels Thursday votes as Capitol cops confirm they received intelligence on a malicious group plot to breach the Capitol. Which militia group do you think that is? Think about this. This has to do with Trump. This has to do with Trump being sworn in again as president. Who does it have to deal with? That's right. The Democrats' favorite group in the world. Except for illegal aliens. QAnon. You know, the ones that some of those Republicans... I don't even... I, what is... I don't even know what QAnon is. I, I can't stand when they say that. I really can't. So anyway... QAnon, this you know the conspiracy theorists believe that Trump is supposed to be sworn in tomorrow. So the House is—they uh, were losing it. They, oh my God! Oh my God! It's going to be January sixth all over again. Well, guess what they did today? They canceled its scheduled vote. Capitol Police confirmed they received an intelligence report of a far-right militia plot to breach the Capitol this Thursday. We have obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot to breach the Capitol identify, uh, by an identified militia group on Thursday, U.S. Capitol Police saying. Members of the three percenters are among the riots accused of breaching the Capitol uh, on January 6th as part of the MAGA mob. According to the QAnon conspiracy theory, this Thursday is the day that Donald Trump will return to power in D.C. and be inaugurated again as president. I wouldn't put great money on that. I put more more of my money on uh, 
January 20th, 2025. But, you know, it's QAnon. You can't, I don't, again, you, you want to deal with these people? You want to go on QAnon site? I don't. I mean, I feel like that's like, when you get to QAnon, that's like when you've reached that weird side of the internet that where you think, okay, you know what? I got to, I got to exit off at this point in time. March 4th was formally the uh, presidential inauguration date in the U.S. Security has been beefed up, man. Beefed up around Capitol buildings as the National Guard patrol. By the way, they're still there. The Capitol is being guarded by almost 5,000 troops ahead of Thursday's threat. I can almost guarantee to you, tomorrow, not a single thing will happen. I say almost. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not positive about any, I'm never 100% on anything in this life. But <laughs> you think what, QAnon's going to come to the Capitol and storm it again like they, oh, like they did on January 6th? Yeah, I don't see it happening. Anyway, um, so Candace Owens picks up on this. Candace Owens, I'm not yet sure if she's becoming a more prominent conservative. Uh, uh, speaks out a lot. Founder of uh, Blexit uh, uh, says in her Twitter box biography, black people don't have to vote, uh, don't have to be Democrats. Well, she says about 10 of my friends who attended Trump's speech but did not go to the Capitol building thereafter have had the FBI turn up at their door to ask them why they went to D.C. She says, this is criminal intimidation. Intimidation, excuse me. Our FBI is trying to scare conservatives against ever gathering in the future. And I read that and I thought, you know what here? Did we think the FBI was going to stop though? After spying on the Trump campaign, after what occurred on January 5th, 2017, after the Mueller investigation, after the collusion that really occurred with the FBI and the CIA and the White House and Hillary Clinton in an attempt to, quote, stir up a scandal to vilify Donald Trump by connecting him with Russia? Are we really surprised that the FBI is still intimidating conservatives? Because I'm not. And by the way, and I say this with profound sadness, but I have absolutely no trust in our FBI. None whatsoever. I don't trust them with a single thing. I've said before, one of the hardest things to do in this country is be a conservative. Not only is the Senate now against us, the House is against us, the presidency is against us, the mainstream media is against us, the FBI is against us. What are they so afraid about? What are they so terrified about that the conservative movement does so bad? I'll go back to Gingrich again and the contract with America. And this really sums it up for conservatives. Individual liberty, economic opportunity, limited government, personal responsibility, security at home and abroad. What is so wrong with any one of those five principles that were targeted now? Where are we have, and, and, and look at, you can, you, you just see your friends, you see uh, random people who you hear from who are literally brainwashed at this point in time 
by a mainstream, you know, by the mainstream media who plays such an important role in our country. They're called the the gatekeepers for a reason. Because when people hear things in the mainstream media, yeah, they tend to believe them. And why shouldn't they? But why is it so hard for us to have a free and fair press? Why? Even the FBI willingly, knowingly spying on the Trump campaign, knowing it was a hoax, knowing Hillary Rodham Clinton was behind the entire thing. So I ask you, do you trust the FBI? Do you trust the Department of not justice, but the Department of just us, the one that looks out for Democrats, and when it comes to conservatives, do anything they possibly can to prosecute them. Um, anyway, so in the House right now, the House has passed this George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Party line vote, by the way. The House uh, uh, passed it, um, Democrat-backed bill seeking to enact sweeping police reform following Floyd's death during an encounter with police, let alone what's in the bill, put that aside for a second and actually think about a bill being named after George Floyd, a criminal, an absolute criminal, right? The House, um, uh, this is uh, championed by civil rights groups, the wide-ranging bill would overhaul standards for police tactics and uh, conduct at the federal level. Prominent measures include a federal ban on no-knock warrants and chokeholds. I mean, God love you if you're a police officer, seriously. You're having to deal with this now with Democrats who are against you. Democrats are against the police. Think about that. It also includes limits on qualified immunity, shielding police uh, from civil lawsuits, uh, a framework to prevent racial profiling and the establishment of a national registry on allegations of police misconduct. The only uh, Democrat, excuse me, Republican who voted for the bill was Texas Representative Lance uh, Gooden. And by the way, Gooden says that he accidentally did it. I mean, if you're in Congress and you're making a mistake like that, uh, representative and by I'm a fan of uh, Lance Gooden then uh, you know be a little more careful with you geez uh, but now anyway they're currently voting on this HR1 now what's in HR1 well HR1 is and I believe that um Sean Hannity uh, and listen conservative radio so I get it uh, sums it up perfectly I really do if you boil it down and we're gonna go into the specifics in a second here but if you really think about what the premise of HR1 includes, these are these are um, uh, the points that I would I would uh, refer you to. It legalizes voting for convicted felons, weakens the security of our elections, more mail-in voting, more quote found ballots, fewer voter ID safeguards, controls elections at a federal level mandates same-day voter registration, mandates weeks of early voting, and mandates automatic voter registration, giving the Democrats power to eliminate voter ID requirements. Now, wouldn't you ask to yourself here, if that's what they want to push and put in this HR1 bill, why though? 
if 2020 was the safest and fairest election we've ever had, why do we need election reform then? Now, 20 state, 20 state attorney generals have denounced the Democrats HR1 as unconstitutional. 20 Republican state attorney generals signed a letter denouncing the House Democrats' controversial election reform bill, citing that it's unconstitutional. The monstros- mo- This monstrosity of a bill betrays the Constitution, dangerously federalizes state elections, and undermines the integrity of the ballot box. That was Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rodkitka. Um, he says... Uh, as a former chief election officer and now an attorney general, I know this would be a disaster for election integrity and confidence in the processes that have been developed over time to instill confidence in the idea of one person, one vote. The attorney generals uh, say that the bill betrays several constitutional uh, deficiencies and alarming mandates that would federalize statewide elections across America. Quote, the act would invert that constitutional structure, uh, commandeer state resources, confuse and muddle election procedures, and erode faith in our elections and systems of governance. Uh, they, uh, the 20 attorney generals marched on in their letter arguing that the For the People Act implicates the electors, uh, elector, electors clause of the Constitution. The electors uh, clause guarantees each state legislature the right to direct a lot uh, allotment of presidential electors and separately affords Congress only the more limited power to determine the time of uh, trusting the electors. Now, um, Republicans have hit back on this. Uh, Republican study committee uh, says that the Democrats HR1 bill is, quote, dangerous and says it will undermine faith in our elections. The uh, Republican Study Committee Chairman Jim Banks uh, has been circulating this memo to GOP lawmakers and wants the, as the uh, 20 Attorney Generals point out, this For the People Act. Uh, That act, by the way, um, uh, that they want to put forth, the Republicans, they say that that, uh, we're witnessing a crisis of confidence in our country's most important and sacred institution, the democratic process. Uh, that act, by the way, that I was just referring to, i got to get my papers right here. Terribly, listen, i got to tell you something. I am completely and terribly unorganized. Uh, but the uh, Republican Study Committee's Save Democracy Act would, now get this, because this is a part that I agree with. I don't think this should be so difficult. It would prohibit automatic and uh, same-day voter registration, require identification to vote via mail or in person, and would require states to audit ballot tabulation systems within 30 days of an election. I don't see what is wrong with that at all. But again, what's wrong is right, and what's right is wrong in the Democrat Party. They're voting on it now, but I'm telling you now, it's it's going to pass. Uh, oh, again, I'm going to say almost guarantee that it's going to pass you know you guarantee something you're wrong you look like a moron you almost guarantee you you got a way out of it (laughs) anyway all right so we cannot get through the program without getting to can you say disgraced now new york city governor and that's it andrew cuomo he came out with so he says that he's going to have this press conference today 
1 p.m. press conference, Eastern Standard Time, and that I don't know, I'm not sure if anyone really believed that he was going to resign because remember, at the end of the day, Andrew Cuomo's a Democrat. They don't resign from anything. They always feel they can get through it, no matter how bad they've been. The New York Post writes, Embarrassed, Andrew Cuomo addresses sexual harassment claims, will not resign. Governor Cuomo said uh, he feels awful and embarrassed over the spiraling sexual harassment allegations against him. But he says, I wasn't elected by politicians. I was elected by the people of New York State of uh, New York. I'm not going to resign. I work for the people of the state of New York. I would argue you could write in here. I work for the people of the city of New York. They elected me and I'm going to serve uh, the people of the state of New York. Uh, Cuomo also said he was acting against legal advice to tell New Yorkers Quote, I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional, and I truly and deeply apologize for it. Uh, I feel awful about it, and frankly, I'm embarrassed by it, and that's not easy to say, but that's the truth. Oh, really? It says, uh, no offense, but if the women were offended by it, then it was wrong, uh, and, it, and if they were offended by it, I apologize. And if they were hurt by it, I apologize. And if they felt pain from it, I apologize. I did not intend it. I didn't. By I didn't intend it. You slapped a a kiss on the woman's uh, lips. You sure you didn't intend that, Governor? I didn't mean it that way. But how? Mwah, how else did you mean that, Governor? But if that's how they felt, that's all that matters. And I apologize. He says. Uh, and remember the uh, the other girl, the uh, Charlotte uh, Bennett. He says the young woman who worked here who said that I made her feel uncomfortable um, in the workplace. He says, get this now, Andrew. Now remember, this is from Andrew Cuomo, who when it came to the allegations that were put forward against now Justice Brett Kavanaugh, said, why didn't he take a lie detector test? And we have to believe all women says, wait for the facts before you form an opinion. Governor, with all due respect, you didn't wait for the facts when it came to making an opinion on Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Why would conservatives afford you this opportunity that you didn't give to Brett Kavanaugh? Why is it different when it's a Democrat? Wait for the facts. God almighty. It is my usual and customary way of greeting people. He said he kisses them, he hugs them, men or women. It doesn't matter at all. He also said, I don't believe that I have ever done anything in my public career that I'm ashamed of. Don't you think when he says that, that 15,000 elderly New Yorkers would think differently? How about the families of those 15,000 New Yorkers who are dead now because of Andrew Cuomo's March 25th executive order putting COVID positive patients into nursing homes. I didn't know that I was uh, making her feel uncomfortable at the time. Now, Lindsay uh, Boylan responded almost immediately and says, how can New Yorkers 
trust you, Governor Cuomo, to lead our state if you don't know when you've been inappropriate with your own staff? It's a, <laughs> there you go. Very good question. Now, um, uh, what I was referring to, what Gingrich has said now here about the House, uh, who, I mean, I'm not sure if they're done voting uh, or not yet. I don't think they will be by the time we get off the air, but I can almost guarantee you again that that H.R. 1 thing is going to pass. Uh, Gingrich has just said, quote, Democrats have given up keeping the House in 2022. That's why they're ramming through everything they can. He says House Democrats are engaged in a cynical ploy to pass as much of their extreme agenda as they can before next year's midterms election. I think they've given up on keeping the House, Gingrich says. What they're doing is ramming through everything they can get done before they lose in 2022. This is kind of a sprint to radicalism, even though it's going to cost, if you look at these uh, votes, they'll have 30, 40, 50 members who are not going to be able to defend themselves. That's exactly what it is. I absolutely love that quote from Newt Gingrich. It's a sprint to radicalism. He says they lost 54 seats in 94, and we became the majority for the first time in 40 years. When Obama was elected, Barack Hussein Obama, man, when he was elected, they lost in 2010 63 seats. He says, I think the Biden-Harris model is we're going to lose the House anyway, so we might as well grab everything we can while we've got power. Uh, he also said H.R. 1, which they're voting on, is a Democratic effort to steal elections on a grand scale. They're trying to rig the game, which is what H.R. 1 is. Rig the game to reelect Democrats no matter what. And, uh, oh, and, and by the way, on the topic of cancel culture, I'm glad that Gingrich is the one to say this because he says they don't want to protect America. They don't want to protect your America. They don't want to create an alternative America. It, uh, they want to create an alternative America, excuse me. It's an America of racial deep inequality and an anti-white, and by the way, anti-Asian basis. It's an America in which transgender dominates Christianity and Judaism. It's an America in which they want to actually pass a bill to create a permanent machine just like California, Chicago, and New York. And that's so when you and I talk about why would they do this for Americans, because they really want a radically different country. And they realize, which they just proved with Dr. Seuss, that they really despise America. That's what this is. When you boil down cancel culture, you understand and see that it's about anti-white. That's what the Democrats are. The Democrat Party is the party of racism, slavery, and the KKK. Well, now they've got a new target. Now it's white people. Democrats are racist, and they're racist against white people. So I'm glad Gingrich comes out and said, I think that a lot of people truly are terrified to say that the Democrats are racist against white people. But that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing what is traditional white culture be thrown out the window. Uh, Mr. Potato Head, for God's sake. Dr. Seuss. You know, look at uh, uh, Aunt Jemima and the bottle of syrup there that they wanted to get rid of. I mean, this is crazy, but that's what it is. 
the Democrats are anti-white. Not a lot's changed in the Democrat Party. They're still the party of racism. They still are the party of slavery. They're still the party of the KKK. That's how they are. They're racist people. Call them out for what they are. What is the Democrat strategy? Democrat Playbook 101. Accuse the Republicans of doing exactly what you are truly doing. And that, how many times, I mean, it's, it, 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 they're racist, they're misogynist, they're homophobic, Islamophobic, call whatever the Democrats throw at Republicans, they always mention how racist those Republicans are. The real racists in this country, again, going by, accuse them of what we're actually doing. The real racists, my friends, are the Democrats.